Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are continuing our study of Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 17 through 20. If you're just joining us, we're going through an introduction to the Gospels, and we're starting with the book of Matthew. We are in chapter 5, so if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those because we're systematically going through and a lot of the content builds on each other. Today, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version, starting at verse 17. It says, Do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever nullifies one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps them and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So today we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. So yesterday we talked about the Beatitudes and the rest of this chapter is the sermon that Jesus gave on the side of a mountain outside of Galilee. This passage begins the body of the sermon, and it introduces this extensive emphasis that Matthew's book has on the law. Now, you have to remember, this is a Jewish audience that Matthew is originally writing to. And so their understanding of the law and their value of the law ran really, really deep. There's a couple things that I want to point out to make sure that you have a good understanding of both the context and the things that Jesus was saying. In verse 17, he says, Do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. I think sometimes this is a verse that can be taken out of context and can be really misunderstood. The law, when he says the law or the prophets, the law refers to the Torah. So that's the first five books of the Old Testament. So if you look in your Bible, the first five books would be called the Pentateuch or the books of Moses. That's the Torah. The prophets are the books of the major and the minor prophets in the Old Testament, as well as the historical books from Joshua all the way through to Second Kings. So that expression, the law and the prophets, is a way of referring to the entirety of the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament. What is the law, though? The law is this divine instruction to Israel that was given to them to help them live in this covenant relationship with Yahweh and also with each other. You know, recent scholars have clarified these relationships that the first century Jews would have had to the Torah. We tend to think that they just abide by the law in this attempt to earn God's favor through obedience, but it's a little bit more accurate to understand it through the context of Israel's history, where they understood themselves to be this chosen people of Yahweh, and they've experienced this 
redemption from Egypt. So they're following the Torah as a way to properly align their hearts with Yahweh. Obedience to the Torah was not a way for them to earn their redemption. It was a way for them to express their loyalty to God because he had redeemed them. And that word fulfill that Jesus uses here, it tends to get confused. It it means to interpret the law, not to complete it or do away with it. And so in this time frame, rabbis would give their interpretations of the law, and then their followers, their disciples, were expected to follow these interpretations of the law. And so that Greek word that's used there, plero, is translated to fulfill. It means to carry out and to obey. I think sometimes what happens is people think, oh, well, we're not under the Old Testament law. We're now under grace. And while God is a God of grace, it's not like he just started being a God of grace in the New Testament. No, he was always a God of grace. It's not like the law just fell away and it was no longer important. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. And so Jesus not only is fulfilling these certain roles, these anticipated roles of the Messiah, but his interpretation and then the application of these Old Testament scriptures is this completion. And it clarifies God's heart and his intention and his meaning through those laws. All that the Old Testament intended to communicate about God's will and his hope for humanity, that all finds its full meaning and accomplishment in Jesus through his teaching through his ministry, and through his death and resurrection. Verse 18 says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. So what Jesus is doing here is he's confirming this full authority of the Old Testament as scripture for all ages, including for you and me, even down to the smallest components of the written text. See, the smallest letter, of the Hebrew alphabet is the yod. And it's called the least stroke of a pen. It kind of refers to almost like this little comma look. It's called a serif and it's a small hook. And depending on where it's at, it can change the letter from one letter to a different one based off of the location of that little hook. And so when Jesus is saying down to the stroke, the smallest letter or stroke of a letter, that's not going to pass away until all is accomplished. He's talking about the law and the actual letter of the law. And so what Jesus is doing, according to this statement, is indicating that the inspiration and the authority of the Old Testament scripture extends to the actual words, even the smallest of the letters and the smallest parts of those words. And scripture does not simply contain the word of God, but the scriptures are the very words of God. All of it. All of it is important. So it's important to read and study the Old Testament, not just the New Testament. And what Jesus is doing is he's establishing the authority of the Old Testament, and we need to take that seriously. Going on to verse 19, it says, Therefore, whoever nullifies one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever teaches them and keeps them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You see, rabbis at the time were recognizing the differences between the commandments. There was least to great. The least or the light commandments would be things like tithing on produce. And then the heavy or great commandments would be things like keeping the Sabbath or things like social justice or taking the Lord's name in vain. Jesus is emphasizing this principle that both of these are to be taken seriously. We need to take all of God's law seriously. And when we do that, 
we realize our need for Christ because of how difficult it is to uphold all of the law all of the time. And so yesterday we talked to the Beatitudes that has opened this sermon with this emphasis on God's kingdom coming. And then we move into this Torah instruction where Jesus is combining these two basically aspects of the sermon, the kingdom coming, and then this covenant loyalty. The way that the Sermon on the Mount marries the two is it's valuing this vision of how discipleship ought to look as God comes to make all things right. Verse 20 says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. This seems to be kind of shocking coming from Jesus because the Pharisees, as we learned over the last couple of days, they were the teachers of the law. They had the highest standards when it came to the law, even more so than other Jewish groups. They were known as the most strict. And yet here Jesus is saying that even their strict adherence to the law doesn't get them into heaven. So maybe this is kind of confusing for you. And it was for me at first until I studied it. If Jesus first says that you can't do away with the law and you can't discredit the law, so all of the Old Testament law we have to value, but then says that even the Pharisees who hold to every letter of the law can't get into heaven by obedience to that law, what does he mean? See, Jesus is talking to disciples and what we're going to unpack over the next couple of days is this idea of true righteousness and how true righteousness starts in the heart and then it impacts behavior. It doesn't start with the behavior and work itself into the heart. That's backwards. And so the Pharisees' behavior was so strict that you would have thought that because they upheld the law so closely that they would be the ones to earn righteousness by their behavior. But what we learned throughout the Gospels is that even though their behavior may have been perfect on the outside, their hearts were not right on the inside. See, Jesus is calling his disciples to a different kind of righteousness. He's calling them to live differently than the kind of righteousness that the Pharisees were pursuing because he's calling them to a righteousness that started with their hearts. He's going to unpack that in the next part of his sermon, which we'll start to get into tomorrow. What he's doing is he takes this contrast in these six areas of the Torah. And in verses 21 through 48, we're going to look at those individually. But it's not this contrast between the Torah and Jesus's teaching, but instead the way that you understand the Torah and then Jesus's interpretation of that, because Jesus is the only one that can truly interpret the law as the author of the law. And so the way that he views the Torah, he understands it through these core identity issues of love and mercy and justice and loyalty. And that's different than the way that the Torah had been interpreted by the rabbis, the Pharisees, and everyone prior to Jesus coming on the scene. What we will see throughout the rest of the book of Matthew is how Jesus is not only the fulfillment of the Torah, but it, even his embodiment of the Torah. And so we'll see over and over again this idea of obedience as this covenant between God and his people. And it's this reflection of the understanding of this covenant promise that is truly fulfilled in Jesus. So given that insight, we're going to go ahead and we're going to reread Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. Do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever nullifies one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven.
Father God, we thank you for the scriptures that help us to remember that it is every single word that is written was written by you, that you breathe those words. Yes, you may have used people to do it, but every single letter of that law is important for us today, God. And, and help us to recognize that that is not something to be overwhelming for us, but it's, it's helping us to understand this idea of covenant relationship and the way that you desire to have this covenant relationship with us, that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law in the sense that he fully embodied the law, God, and that you desire this righteousness that starts in the heart, that it's not out about this outward obedience, but it's about the heart. God, I pray for my friends today that that may be listening, that you would start to unpack this for them in a way that makes sense in their real lives, that they would seek to be obedient first as a way to display their covenant relationship with you, God. And we know the behavior will follow as it starts in the heart. We thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, friends, before you go, I want to make sure you know about our Patreon page. The Patreon page is really a place to gain all sorts of resources specifically for the Hearing Jesus podcast and the Hearing Jesus for Kids podcast. There's a specific and dedicated private Facebook group, which is a place for me to interact with you, to pray with you, to answer questions. I'd love it for you to join us there. And there's also another level that gives you the inside scoop on everything else that's going on. The journaling prompts are there. If you've been with us for some time, you know that I usually do journaling prompts that helps us get that information from the head to the heart. We have a downloadable daily prayer prompt that helps you get that information processed in a way that it affects your daily life. There's also a Bible reading tracker on there. There's bonus episodes, lots of things on an ongoing basis, a place where you can get all the resources to help you grow in your faith. And the second thing I want to mention to you is the Dawn app, which if you've never heard of that before, I have good news for you. I just recently recorded a series for the Dawn app and also did some writing for them. And it's a daily Bible study and prayer app that is completely free. The link for that is in the show notes. And then the last thing I'm super excited about, I want to tell you that we're going to start having opportunities for travel. This is going to look a couple different ways, depending on what you're looking for, but it's going to cover things like mission trips in-person retreats, and also eventually a Bible study trip to Rome. What I'm doing right now is I'm getting everybody's contact information so we can start communicating about what that might look like. So if you are interested in any of that, you can head to shehears.org for more information. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helps encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.